Welcome to the Film 7 Podcast, the podcast that keeps you updated with the latest TV and movie news. My name is Andy, your wonderful host, and I've got here with me, as usual, Jake. Hello, Andy. Hello, everybody listening. It's good to be back. It is good to be back. We've been off. We took about two, three weeks out. A couple of weeks off, yeah. That should not happen again this year. No, it's a lot of technical issues and then... We had traveling issues. Well, I wouldn't say issues. You had a lovely time uh, away, didn't you? Yeah, but we, these days we call it scheduling conflicts. S- yes, scheduling conflicts. He didn't pay me enough money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, yes. Yeah, so to this week's show, the main topic is going to be the Oscar predictions. Uh, as we're recording this, uh, Oscars will be broadcast on Sunday, 9th of February. Uh, so we're going to be looking at who we want to win. And who we think will win. Yeah. Uh, it could actually be the same person. Who knows? Um, but as well, we're also going to have a lot of news for you guys. But as always, we always start off with some life and film adventures. So, Andy, let's start with you. What have you been up to in these last few weeks? Yeah, I mean, film-wise, I've been around the world. So, film-wise, not really much. But I saw this film on... Um, it's number one in the UK now on Netflix, The Stranger. Oh yes, yeah, I've heard of it. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, yeah, it's really nice. It's it's British. It's a British um, series. Um, it's nice. It's it has a lot of suspense in it. Story ends. It concludes. Everything. It's. I don't know if there will be a season two, but the season one ended, which is really nice, and I kind of liked it. It was really cool. And also, I've seen Vikings, and what a cliffhanger. I, I haven't seen it yet. Still haven't seen it. Obviously, so we've got into the mid-season finale. Uh, yeah. So it goes off air for about five, six months. But it left on the biggest cliffhanger ever. I mean, Vikings, and we've, we've said this on the show before, Vikings has to be the most underrated show ever. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, because... I don't think enough people watch this show. Not enough. A lot of people do. But nobody I know, really. I mean, yeah. like, but you, you'd never tell anyone, watch Vikings, and they come back to you two weeks later and be like, I didn't enjoy it. Everyone I know who's seen it, who's watched it by mistake or was just passing by, who loved it. And it's so well-crafted. It is. It's, it's, I personally think, I'm, I'm probably going to get shot for this, but I actually think, I prefer it to Game of Thrones. Yeah, there's a strong argument for that. You know, I think the the world building, all the characters, the story arcs of the characters, um, you know, these were in the first half of the last two seasons. Mm. We know this is the ending. There's no rushing in this. Yes. We're all taking our time, uh, ending character arcs properly, I think, uh, and, you know, building up to something big, uh, which... You know, we didn't really see by the end of Game of Thrones. Yeah, and you know, has I think I texted you yeah. when I was watching the, the, some of the episodes. I was like, "This is how Game of Thrones should have ended." It's, exactly. It's just open it, leave it. In, even if you can't end the current story, don't end it. If you can't end it well, don't end it. Leave it open. There are a lot of shows out there that haven't yet concluded. But um, the thing about what I do like about Vikings is they use, even though they use real characters, people that actually existed, they don't they don't try to stay true to no, this they, person. No, they take liberties. They yeah. take liberties, but they use real characters. And you can somehow see that these, what, one thing they do know, you do know is the Vikings did interact with the English, with the French, you know, with the Russians. You know this actually happened. The actual story behind is what slightly is, altered yeah. yeah it's altered but this is one of the best shows ever there's all beneath it all there is a seed of truth 
behind it. Yes. So in a certain way, some of these events did happen, but maybe it involves different people, yeah. if, you, if you know what I mean. Like they just thought, well, maybe for Bjorn, it'd be better if he did this than if that character did that. Yeah, exactly. You know, for example. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Harold died in England, I think. Yes, yes. So, so I mean, he's probably going to die... In nowhere, so you never know. But we, we don't know. We yeah. don't know. But that's that's it's 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 one of the best shows. I'm sad it's ending this year, but I mean, mm. it's ending, but it's not ending because we've got a uh, spin-off shows happening. Yeah, exactly. I'm looking forward to happen. Yeah. yeah, I hope they keep the showrunners. They are. Yeah, Michael Hurst is doing them as well. So it's just going to be the same story. The same Pretty much. I'd imagine the same crew as well. Yeah, the same way it was first on History, then it went to Amazon. So it just goes to Netflix now, right? Is it I think it's Netflix, yeah. I so think it's Netflix, yeah. bring it on. I'm just happy the story is going to continue. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I want to see more shows like this as well. Like I've told you, I want to see some f- like a show called Greeks or Romans in this type of vein. Yeah. Um, what have I been watching? I went to go see Birds of Prey. Okay. Saw Birds of Prey. Uh, no spoilers here because I know it's just come out. Uh, we'll try at some point to do a spoiler review once you've seen it, Andy. But overall thoughts, it's a really, really good film. I actually think it's one of DC's best. Wow. The ac- Some of the action scenes um, is some of the best action scenes, like choreography, I've seen in any comic book movie. Wow. Okay. Genuinely. Uh, I'm not talking like big scale, like Thanos style, you know, jump. Like I'm talking uh, grounded f- hands, you know, hand hand combat stuff. Mm. Some of the best stuff in there. Uh, very John Wick style. Okay. Uh, and just Margot Robbie is... Oh, she's she's everything. She is Harley Quinn, and I can't get enough of her as this character. Wow! So yeah, I, I highly recommend to see it, Andy. I'm really happy for Margot Robbins, like being in a film that is really doing well because she's hustled. She's hustled. She's been in a lot of films. Experience, you know what she had to she go through. She produced this film. She, she, you know, and she, this is her. She, you know, every character, so every actor would love to have that one character that's you know it's you, and everybody knows you, and. It, that character is you and you are that character, you know? Like Luke Skywalker and Mark Hamill, yeah. And Mark Hamill, you know. And I think this is her. It is. It's it's I, I get a very similar type of love as I do that uh, Ryan Reynolds has with Deadpool. Yes. yes. It's that same symbiotic relationship that she just she's I think she said it in interviews um with promotion for Birds of Prey that when she was done with Suicide Squad, she she was not done with Harley. She was like, I have so many more stories I want to tell with Harley. Nice. Uh, so, which is what got her involved into doing this film. So, without spoiling anything, we'll just don't spoil it. Remember, will there be a sequel? What do you reckon? I think. I think we'll have to see how it does box office wise first. But it's doing really well. It's almost doing as yeah. good as Wonder Woman did. Wonder Woman, yeah. But, uh, but now that it's come out, Friday felt a bit short. Apparently. Okay. okay. Uh, so I, I'll wait my judgment until opening weekend so so monday morning when all the figures come out uh however me personally yes i definitely want to see a sequel and i think this franchise has the ability to do many sequels and spin-offs as mm. well because there's so many characters in there and all of them are really cool in their own unique way it'd be really cool if they did like their own little birds of prey universe mm. i would love that man uh I th- it's a good starting point this film for that DC is really, you know, they're, they're coming to their own. They're getting it. They got it with the Joker. It seems they've got it with Margot Robbie, with, mm-hmm. with um, uh, Sh- Sh- Shazam as well. Was Shazam very successful. was good. Aquaman was very successful. Well, when I say they're doing well, it's not just 
creating financial success I'm talking about. I'm talking about having their own way of telling their own mm. stories, which is different from the uh, Marvel because I think their first couple of films, they were trying so hard to be like Marvel mm -hmm. and that didn't do so well. So now they're just doing their own thing. Yeah. And it, it's working for them. And I'm it just is. happy that that's happening. What I love about this film and, and w watching Birds of Prey made me realize this is that DC have something that Marvel don't have and that's... Yes, they've got this universe, but it's it's slightly connected. But what I love about the DC universe is that if you actually watch every film, starting from Man of Steel to Birds of Prey, every film is different in tone mm. uh, and has you know it's very different. The color palette's different, and I love that you can do that in the DC universe. That everything can be so different, and it's still technically part of the universe. Yeah, it has its own sort of tone in itself. Marvel movies, yes, while they each individually bring a certain tone they still have the overall Marvel banner and a, a lot of them have a very similar color palette and stuff like that. Yeah. Do, do you see what I'm trying to say? Absolutely. Like, and I think the problem with, not the problem, what was happening? I don't mean to say it as a bad thing for Marvel. That's what Marvel do and they do it very well. I just, I just like that DC and Warner Brothers are doing something slightly different. No, and that's how it should be. They don't have to be similar. I think what the problem is when, because Marvel was doing so well, when DC came out, they were using the Marvel lens to judge the DC movies, and that's not what they were meant to be. DC was doing their own thing, and that's what they're doing now. And it's completely different from what Mar um, Marvel is doing. And that's not to say anyone is bad. And I'm just happy they are making money. They are both making money, so they will continue doing, you know, what they're doing. And I'm, sh you know, one of our new stories is the Wonder Vision and. We saw some of their footage. Marvel, yeah, that, yeah that's so really good. Everybody's doing what they're doing, and that's pretty, pretty cool to see. Yeah, and the thing is, is that there is no competition between Marvel and DC. Like pe people think there's a competition, there isn't. Mm -hmm. uh, both sides of the studio. If one of the, if, for example, if you're if you're somebody who works at DC, if a Marvel film does well at the box office and critically, and you know the fans love it, they are more inclined to go see another superhero movie yeah so people like us we know the difference between marvel and dc and all that a major maybe not the majority but because they're getting a lot smarter now but are still a fair amount of people really don't know the difference they just see a comic book movie yeah most people 90 percent of people don't care who's dc or marvel they just want to go see a good movie exactly so they're not competing they're actually complementing each other it's not like the iphone and the samsung where you have to have you know most people have one phone it's competitive sales yeah. yeah but here you can watch you can watch a dc movie in the morning dc gets your money in the evening you watch a marvel movie marvel gets your money sorry marvel so yeah everybody wins everybody wins me, yeah. apart from your wallet <laughs> <laughs> um last thing though i've been re-watching the entire clone wars series getting ready for the new season wow how, they had seven. Six seasons. Six, Six seasons. seasons. Uh, I'm, I've watched four now. Wow. So I got two more to go. It's hard work. It, it is hard work. It's a I'm, lot of episodes. And it's really good. So, oh, so good. Some, like, still, going back, some episodes I'm a bit like, eh, whatever. Like, some episodes are kind of a bit like, not like, you know, little spin off stories and some Jar Jar episodes I'm a bit like, mm, okay. Uh, but overall, man. This is it's some of the best Star Wars content out there, Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, you can't fully understand the, the films, the prequels, the anyway. prequels, the films. You can't even really understand the the fall of Sky, um, Anakin, uh, of Anakin. You can't really 
understand the fall till you watch the Clone Wars. It, it, you know, you begin to understand the relationships. You understand who that young guy was and he was a hero. He was a hero and how big of a fall it was. Yeah, that because he became Evader. you know, you, you you go back to Episode Four with Sir Alec Guinness. Uh, as Ben Kenobi saying he was the best star pilot in the galaxy and a cunning warrior. Mm. And then you watch the prequels and you're like, uh, is he though? Because we didn't <laughs> really get that in the prequels. We didn't sort of really buy that. But then in Clone Wars, that really fleshes it out. Yeah. And uh, then for me, watching Clone Wars after the prequels, it really made me actually appreciate the prequels way more. Yeah. I had a big sour taste with the prequels when they first when I first watched them. But Clone Wars made me sort of take a step back and go, no, okay, I, I see what George was going for here. I do, I do now. So yeah, it's, I can't wait to watch the new series. Did you see the trailer for it? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> and, you know, it gives more credence to his redemption. That, yes. That, you know, you now see why it, he just couldn't just be an evil person. You see, the, he was actually a very good guy when he was young. And it just gives it more weight that he turned around everything in the end. So Clone Wars is it's really good. It's long. It's long. <laughs> it's long. Seven, six, six seasons. It'll be seven with the new one yeah, coming Yeah, seven out. seasons. And each one was like 15, 20 minutes long or 30. So, yeah, they've got about 22 episodes per season. Yeah. And they're all about 20 minutes each. Yeah, so there's a lot. But it's really good. It's, it's really good. It. Yeah. Highly worth it. I can't wait to get into Clone Wars. Uh, that's not for a while though, Andy. So we're going to go into the news segment now where we've got plenty of stuff to talk about. So let's bring in the news. Well, gentlemen, you have my curiosity. But now you have my attention. Okay, Andy. So this past week we had, uh, can we say the Super Bowl? <laughs> we're not allowed to say, oh, it's the big game. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. For some weird reason. <laughs> it's the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> so, as always, uh, we always get loads of new trailers coming out. Uh, we got a Black Widow trailer. It wasn't really much new footage that we hadn't seen before, but the big one was uh, Marvel's little Disney Plus ad, 30 seconds, which had footage from WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and a last little uh, peek at Loki as mm -hmm. well. So, what are your thoughts on this? I, I mean, they didn't say much. It was just clips, but it's happening. It, it, it's happening you know these days you know how you hear this is this film's gonna come out they're shooting then at the last minute you hear it's cancelled so that's this is not gonna be cancelled this is def it's we've seen footage they've shot it or shooting they're shooting it or it's probably in the cgi studio now or something but it's happening so bring it on i'm just like i just want to see it what's up with that let's see it yeah i can't wait the most you know me the most i'm excited for is wandavision now, remember, we were hearing rumors that it's going to be like a 50s sitcom, mm -hmm. and we got a glimpse of that. But what it looked like to me, and I, that's just, I paused every frame because it was so quick. It looks like they're doing sitcoms from each decade. Because if you actually look at it, she's wearing different clothing. So you're going to have like a flavor of 50s sitcom, 60s, 70s, maybe 80s as well. Interesting. It, it just looked, it looks bizarre. It looks absolutely crazy. And I can't wait. And I think, as I said, all this sitcom stuff, it's all in the head. Or it's going to play into this whole time thing. Yes. You know, it, yeah. Don't, done I, it. I personally think, I could be completely wrong, I think this is almost like Wanda's PTSD of losing vision in right. Infinity War. Okay. So she's sort of conjuring up this imaginary universe with vision in it, and they have a family. You see there that there's the twins that they have yeah. together, uh, which is taken from Tom King's run of vision, which I keep 
talking about on this show. People, please read that before watching this show. Tom King's vision. Uh, so I'm super excited for it. December comes out. Yeah. This yeah. Long time to go. But um, one thing I do want to see, which wasn't there, is the Doctor Strange. Of everything they've announced, Doctor's Destruction Strange one is the one I'm really keen to see because it's the horror one. Isn't well, it? I mean, we should talk about that because we didn't actually get to talk about it because we were we were not doing the show at the time. They lost the director, yeah, Scott Derrickson, who did the first one, yeah, over creative differences. That yeah. that old chestnut. Yeah, it just means he got fired. I don't know if he got fired. I think it's we don't know. We actually have no, we don't we don't have an inside scoop or anything like that. We're not in these meetings. We, we we at the end of the day, nobody really knows anything apart from Scott mm-hmm. and Marvel. Uh, but you could there's plenty of theories out there that Scott probably wanted to take Doctor Strange down more of a horror route, mm-hmm. and Marvel were maybe we can't go that far. I can maybe see that happening, but at the same time, Scott Derrickson, he's done the first one. He's worked with Marvel before. Surely he would have been working with Marvel up to this point, you know, work developing Doctor Strange 2. You'd sort of think you'd know how they would work. Why, why now is there creative differences? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You, sort of, you would know the vision they would want to take. Mm. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, but like I said, it's just... We do not know. We do not... We literally do not know. It could be anything. But, do you know, whenever these things happen, there's usually three stories. There's usually fired... That's if they've done something really bad. Then there's creative differences. What, legitimate creative differences. Yeah. Then there is scheduling conflicts. So there's always it's always those three reasons. And it, lo- it could mean if you do, if it's a certain type of disagreement, they say you were fired. If it's a certain type, it's creative differences. Maybe creative differences is you left the room, but you didn't slam the door. Yeah. I mean, I, I think... You would hope, because he's actually still remaining on as an, an executive producer. Exactly. So, so I, I would think that it's probably like he had an idea, and then Kevin Feige and Marvel were like, uh, we're not sure about this. And then he was like, well, this is the sort of path I want to take. And we're like, well, we're not sure. But they own the IP, so you have to step down. Yeah, it could be something like that. But it's stepped down from the project, not stepped out of the company. Yes. So, so which is I think he's good. still in the company. Yeah, so... I mean, that's okay. Really, that's okay. We've had good films that have had different directors. Rogue One. Rogue One. We were talking about this off-air. One of our best, you know... Had, had a lot of, of production problems. Yeah, but still came out to be a badass movie. So, yeah, we'll, we shall see. As we say, we yeah. shall see. We have another story that actually ties into that. So, we'll, we'll go straight to that. Uh, and that is, they're now in talks to get Sam Raimi to direct the Doctor Strange sequel. Sam Raimi, give us a clue. So he did the Evil Dead movies. Hmm. He also did the original Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire. Um, what a Dark Man, Liam okay. Neeson. Okay. So, yeah, it's interesting. Interesting choice. He hasn't. He hasn't been in hmm. the spotlight for a while. He hasn't actually directed a film in a while. Yeah. Which doesn't say much. It doesn't mean he no, can't. No. You yeah. know. But at the same time, I'm just looking at Evil. I don't, He's very horror. He likes his horror. Yeah, but you know, but that was when horror belonged to a certain era. Yeah. So it's different for now. But we shall see. I just like the idea of Marvel trying something different. We all know what a Marvel superhero movie is going to be like. But once I heard they are trying to go dark and horror, I was like, that is something I kind of really want to see. Mm-hmm. So it's strange we didn't, you know. I think, I mean, Doctor Strange is definitely the property to go there. Yeah. Uh, but it's like we said, I don't know. For starters, it will, Marvel will never 
and I mean never release a rated R movie. I don't, I don't think, Deadpool is an exception. And I think if they do, I think they will do another Deadpool, but I think it will be released under the 20th century logo rather than the Marvel studio. Do you know what I mean? I do, but just, it's just never say never. If, if. No, yeah. It, I mean, you know, we always, we said this last year. There was before Joker, there will, and there is after Joker. If Joker hadn't happened, I would have said, yeah, there's only a few things you can do with, with the character in his studio. But I mean, anything can happen. And literally, anything. No, anything can happen. Can happen. So you, you, yeah. we shall see. Yeah. If if the universe starts to sort of dwindle down, you know, they might yeah. at that point might do. Oh, okay, we need to try something else now. Yeah, uh, because but we'll see. Yeah, because it, at some point, this Marvel thing, this just sh- showing people flying and shooting and doing impossible physics. It will begin to bore. It will begin to weigh off of, on people, and I just think Marvel kind of needs to just start adding a little bit of salt to the the bit meal. Of salt and pepper, yeah. Yeah, just a bit of spice to it, you know, because it's just um, it will get very boring quite quickly. Mm-hmm. We've seen I agree. everything. I agree. Yeah, you know, I, parts of the trailers that caught our attentions were just the different things. Not nobody spoke. I mean, seeing this guy throwing the frisbee or them doing some stunts coming yeah, down. Yeah, nothing we haven't really seen before. Exactly. Yeah. So they kind of need to do something That's new. That's why for me, the WandaVision stuff for me is the most intriguing. Exactly. Because it's so different to what exactly. they're used to doing. Yeah. Exactly. So so that's why Doctor Strange kind of really needs to happen. It really needs to push the envelope a bit forward in terms of something different. Mm-hmm. And I love Doctor Strange as well. I, re- I really want to see the sequel. Okay, so we'll get into uh, the next topic. And the same night as the Super Bowl, we had the 2020 BAFTAs. Uh, Andy, uh, did you check out the BAFTAs? To be honest, Did no. you watch them? No. <laughs> I only watched the jokes, you know, the high points from Facebook. You know? Yeah, so like the, the little speeches, the little speeches and, and the Gar- uh, what's his name? Uh, Graham Norton. And stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean... Uh, this guy had a very wonderful, um, gave a very wonderful speech, um, Phoenix. Was when he was Joaquin accept- Phoenix. Yeah, yes. when he was accepting his award and he was like, we all have, everyone has a part to play in exterminating the scourge of discrimination that is in society, but even more so those that have benefited from it. So Exactly. And what I really loved about Joaquin's performance, uh, well, Let's just say as well, he obviously won Best Actor yeah. for the role of uh, Joker um, for this award. Uh, what I loved most about this bit speech is that he didn't explicitly call anyone out. Yes. He didn't mention, like, the white society or any. He didn't at all. Yes. He just spoke about us, society, and the community as a whole, mm-hmm. uh, which is the way you should address a situation like this. I yeah, think. and isn't it so cool that the film, they thoughts would wreck society riots, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the actor who played the part in that film is given the most insightful he's given the most mature presentation in the entire award night so like I, he was he was really i i read his speech i watched it, it was really touching and um that's the way to do it yes. don't annoy anybody but send your message in love people can receive it understand you and interpret it the way it should be interpreted that's the way i see it he, he definitely deserved that award uh well so we'll go over a couple of the just some of the big headline ones uh huge props to kathleen kennedy on the fellowship award 
I mean, we need a whole podcast just to talk about Kathleen Kennedy, I yeah. think. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't think we would do her justice, but I've said this on the show before. You can't tell the story about Hollywood without including Kathy Kennedy in there. Yeah. Like, let alone what she's done recently with Lucasfilm and Star Wars. The, this woman is a is the producer. She, yeah, she is. You know what yeah. I mean? If you, if you want something done, she'll get it done for you. Yeah. If she wasn't involved, I mean, and over the years, she has received a lot of slack because yes. of the Unfairly, Star Wars. Unfairly, yeah. A lot of people criticizing her now didn't even know who she was before, prior, yeah. prior to Star Wars. But most of the films we grew up watching was all Kathleen Kennedy. Most of the big hits, a lot of the things we're seeing today in cinema were films that she produced. She is, if she wasn't working with Star Wars, or with Disney, sorry. If she wasn't working with Disney and Disney had problems, everybody would be saying, get Kathleen Kennedy on Disney. Mm -hmm. But now that she's there, she's receiving a lot of criticism and all that. You know, recently we heard the rumors are she was the one that pulled the plug on the, not pulled the plug. She was the one that said, gave the red light on the Obi-Wan movie. And mm -hmm. she said the story wasn't yeah, I don't even up. think it's red light. I think it's an amber light. Yeah, exactly. So she was the one that did that. And a lot of people criticizing her for that. And Straight I'm like, out of her throat. Yeah. yeah, I'm like... But the, the reason I really admire Kathleen Kennedy is that she is strong enough to take all this. And you know, and she, it doesn't let her phase her at all. It does not phase her at all. And she sticks by her decisions. And if she knows she makes a mistake, she'll say, yeah, we, we messed up on that. Yeah, she, she, she openly, Bob, both her, Bob, Bob Iger and Kathleen Kennedy came, were like, yeah, releasing Solo in May was a mistake. And they came out and said it. You know what I mean? So, you know, huge props to her. She definitely deserves the Fellowship oh, Award. She means, should have yeah. got it years ago. Surprised she's just getting it. Yeah, exactly. Another one that I think I'm a surprise he's just getting it is the outstanding British contribution to cinema. And that is Andy Serkis. I have been saying this for years this guy needs an Oscar or some sort of award for what he's done in cinema. Yeah. He's changed, like, what he did with starting in Gollum in The Lord of the Rings, he revolutionized uh, a different method of acting. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I really loved his speech where he was really saying to the people, it is a form of acting. It requires just as much of, you know, technique and skill as any type of acting. And he's really saying it should be considered for that. So... Huge props to Andy Serkis. Yeah, he literally brought that technology mainstream because his performances were so good. They were performances. Yeah. Like, you actually believed in the creature Gollum. Yeah. Like, if you see Sir Andy Serkis now and they say, that was the guy who played Gollum, you're like, no, that can't be. He was Gollum. He wasn't Andy Serkis playing Gollum. He was the character. And um, he just brought that technology mainstream. And after him... Everyone started doing it. Even in the same film, you, we saw Cumberbatch and, uh, you know, with, yes. with um, yeah, the, the Hobbits. Yeah. The Hobbit, um, yeah. um, the Smog, you Smog, know, with yeah. Dragon and all that. And that was all him. And, you well, know. Yeah, he, and also, um, you know, Andy Serkis was there helping Benedict yeah. Cumberbatch there. He's a, he's a counselor for all these things. Uh, Planet of the Apes. Yes. Oh. Snoke. Yeah. Oh. yeah it's, he's the one. So he's, no one does it better than him. And, other people, that technology has kicked in and we've seen it in a lot of films, but Andy Serkis played a big part in bringing that mainstream and he deserves it. And the thing about it is, he's not just uh, a motion, he's not just used for motion he's capture. He's a very 
good actor as as an actor himself he's a very good see what he did in black panther that, yes he, he killed killed off too early in my yeah, opinion yeah exactly you know he he's the kind of person i'd want to see have his own spin-off film mm -hmm. him doing something so good. he was I, so I good i can't honestly i can't wait to see him as alfred yeah he, i mean <laughs> like i can he's gonna be a great alfred i i i don't want him to be alfred we all know like no, i the, want him to be his own alfred. his own alfred his own because the bruce wayne we're getting is is, is, is a, a different, new type yeah. of bruce wayne's a playboy is more is, is a different, younger younger much younger yeah yes yeah, so it's a different type of bruce wayne so it makes sense if alfred is that is the guy who get, goes to get him weed or something like that <laughs> <laughs> here's your stash master wayne <laughs> exactly how cool would that be <laughs> great okay <laughs> Uh, so some of the other um, awards, so obviously best film, 1917. Uh, I'm not surprised. Yeah. That I, um, it's 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 an Oscar film. Tell it's, them it's, what BAFTA means. Tell yeah, the it's it's the, the British Association of Film and Television Awards, and this is the, you can't get any more British than this film. Exactly. And and you know and you know Hollywood and these Academy, all these type of they love a war film. Yep. They absolutely love a war film, yep. and when you get that and this is not just any war film. This is a damn good one. It is, it is really good. Yeah, I mean, it's a very British film. I mean, it had Roger Deakins as the DP, obviously. This Sam is, Mendes directing, yeah. Yeah, so. this is, I mean, this was just, yeah. So in a British, in the British Oscars, of course, we were going to give it to a, a, one of, a, to a British movie. So yeah, it's well, I haven't seen it yet. you got to see it. Which is a crime, but. I will see it this weekend. See it, you, yeah. It's a film that I say you have to see in the cinema before. It's a cinema film. Mm. Definitely one for the cinemas. Uh, Sam Mendes won the award for best director on that as well. So well done to him. Um, original screenplay, uh, Bong Joon-ho and Ha Jin-won for Parasite. Fair play. Like, I, I'm actually, I haven't seen the film myself because it's only just come out in the UK. But I've... I'm so, so proud of this film. Even though I haven't seen it, I'm just happy that this film, a Korean film in subtitles, is getting all this attention. I really hope it does well in the Oscars as well. I hope it does yeah, as well. Because, so it's not just the bath. It does well in the Oscars. And it, I, my hope is that it opens up everybody up to the, to the um, Asian cinema because they do have really oh, good stuff. Asian cinema is great. And it's very different to Western cinema. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, very different. Yeah, like, the sense of storytelling and stuff. Yeah, and we can learn. We, we can learn these things. And, um, like the director said, if we can just move beyond, just move... Be move beyond subtitles. Yeah. Subtitles, don't see it as an inconvenience. If we can just move beyond that, it's it just opens it up. Yeah, he said, I'm paraphrasing, but he said something like, if you look beyond subtitles you opened up to a whole new world of cinema exactly and he's absolutely correct and i i'm i hope he does well in the oscars and that's what happened yeah. uh one of the interviews he had which i i, I love this response because they asked him you know these you know what these interviews are like they're always very similar type of questions and uh somebody asked him uh so how did you manage to create a film that was thought-provoking emotional deep and you know all these things and he said it's my job simple and i was just like man that's the difference between someone who's maybe from asia and someone from the western world mm -hmm. like it's it, it's it's like well of course it's duty it's yeah it's just almost like duty i, it's, I have to do this like it's yeah it's funny it's just great i can't wait to see it uh, yeah i can't wait to see it we should we should go see it together yeah, yeah. we should yeah. go to the watershed how about that sounds like a plan uh so we're going to adapted screenplay and taika watiti for jojo rabbit uh love the film 
Absolutely loved it. Great script by Taika Waititi. So I'm really happy that he, he's getting the award for that. Um, you haven't seen it yet, have you? No. Again, another one. It's one of, because of these three weeks I've yes, been. Yeah. Hired. There's been a lot of films coming out recently as well. Uh, leading actress, Renee Zellweger as Judy. I think we all, I haven't seen the film yet, but I think we all sort of, she seemed like everyone's best pick. Uh, leading actor, Joaquin Phoenix Joker. We spoke about that. Supporting actress, Laura Dern in Marriage Story. Again, you haven't seen Marriage Story. It's a great film. Good it's drama. It, it, it made me cry a couple of times. Wow. Genuinely. And yeah, Laura Dern, she absolutely knocks it out of the park. However, personally, I think I would have given it to Scar Jo in Jojo Rabbit. Really? She, she was, oh, she broke my heart in that film. Yeah, right. That performance was, was so good. Uh, supporting actor Brad Pitt Once Upon a Time in Hollywood original score Joker she had to win that uh, we'll go into that a bit later and cinematography of course of course it's, it's gonna those be Roger, Roger Good, it's gonna be Roger Deakins so yeah those are sort of the big ones uh, you know if you want to check out all the others they're online go check them out but Andy any surprises snubs or anything that's I mean the BAFTAs has never really been controversial it's been very safe you know next week is where we'll get controversy it's where yes it's it's where it goes re <laughs> it's about to go down next sunday so because the whole that is where film meets politics you know everybody gets political it there will be controversy because this year is now in full swing we've had good films we've had bad films we've had controversies someone has said something about someone We've had Twitter battles. No, this year. So already. It's <laughs> already yeah, it's already bang, yeah. full swing. So um, I'm really looking forward to the Oscars. I'm going to watch it live as we always do. And I'm looking forward to, and we'll be tweeting about it, but looking forward to this year's. I hope it's not going to be boring. I, I, oh, I can't see it be boring. This one's going to be yeah, good. It's going <laughs> to be good. It's going to be good. Something, things are going to happen. Somebody's going to fall down on stage. Someone's going to insult someone. Somebody's going to take down Trump in a way that... Oh, yeah, there will definitely be something there. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into the Oscars in a bit when we go into the next topic. Uh, but we've got a couple more news stories. So um, Bob Iger, CEO of Disney, uh, he had his uh, every quarter shareholders call, which you can yep. publicly listen to, where he starts releasing information that I think even some of the studios who work for Disney were like, I don't think we wanted to release that information just yet, but Bob does what he wants. Uh, so, most importantly, though, he was talking about Star Wars. That's what everybody like, wants to hear when mm -hmm. Bob's talking. And he went on to say that season two, as we know, is already in development and shooting, and we'll have a release date of October. Good. We should start countdown. Start the countdown for that. We absolutely love season one of The Mandalorian. Uh, but most importantly, he was sort of talking about uh, the state of Star Wars. And he says that they're going to take a break from the movies. I believe they pulled the 2022 release date out. Okay. So they don't have any movie in cement. And they're going to focus on TV for the next few years. Mm. Uh, what are your, before we go into the other stuff, what are your overall thoughts about that decision? I think it's, yeah, it's one that it's forward thinking because that's where there is no point investing in TV anymore. You really, there, sorry, in film anymore because there is money to be made, but it's, it's not worth it, you know, because have more to lose i mean it's just tv is where everything is going and that's where they're going as well so that's the new battlefield it's no longer the box office so fair play and it's just six pounds 
a month. So, so cheap. So cheap. It's so cheap. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm completely with you. I think this is a very good decision from Lucasfilm. I think, look, love them or hate them, these new films they've released, you can't deny it. They've all in some way been met with some controversy. Yeah. Uh, Last Jedi, Solo, now The Rise of Skywalker. So I think, yeah, it's, it's smart. Let's just put that away. We've finished the Skywalker saga. It's locked away in a box. That will remain there forever. Let's look at new things. And as you said, the future is in TV and in streaming. Let's develop more stories there. We saw how successfully they did with The Mandalorian, season yeah. one. Mm -hmm. And you know, and watching the Mandal rewatching the Mandalorian and now rewatching Clone Wars, I'm kind of like, no, I really like my Star Wars serialized TV. I, I like that. I mm -hmm. like because there's a little bit, you, you get small bites of information, but it's, it, I just prefer it that way in, in, in a sense of throwing me this two and a half hour epic movie that I have so much information to absorb. But I think that that's what a lot of people had the problems with The Rise of Skywalker is that it was throwing you so much information mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, to really wrap up this story. And you're like, wait, how pull the brakes a bit. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, which you can do in TV. You can take your time to do that. So, yeah, I'm all for this decision. Yeah, and it's... And then they, I think they found because you sent me some pictures. They found cheaper ways to shoot these things. Oh, they don't need, yeah. yeah, they don't need to fly to Africa to shoot a desert scene or to Iceland to shoot an ice world. They they can do it all in the studio in very quick turnaround time. I think that's what that technology gives them the advantage of. So there will be more of these. And I think Mandalorian has shown that you don't have to have a big production to make a successful Star Wars um, sto um, film. Mm -hmm. You know, because Mandalorian was very low budget. It looked very low budget, very low key. Similar to like the original movie. Yeah, that, exactly. That sort of feeling, yeah. Yeah, very, very, very few speaking heads. Mm -hmm. In most people wear masks. So it was, it could have been any actor, you know. So I like that. And if they couldn't find a formula behind that, that means when Disney Plus is worldwide, every month we can give, be getting one new property or one new series or one new film. And like every week there is something to watch on the Star Wars thing. And that whole thing continues. But it's great that they've ended the film thing with the Star Wars, that with um, Skywalker, because it started with Skywalker, it has ended. So this is sort of a new... It's a new, 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 new playground. Yeah, yeah exactly. New playground. And like, I think... Like you said, Mandalorian showed that you can tell these stories on TV and stuff like that. I also think it's really shown Disney uh, and Lucasfilm that uh, a, a sort of qualm you had as well. Can you tell stories without the Jedi? Yeah. And I think you've, they've mm. shown you can. Mm -hmm. Yes, we've got the Force, and I think the Force will always be a part of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. I think that's like the heart of Star Wars is the Force. And yeah, but you don't have to go straight into the Force. The Force is just something that's there do you know what i mean yep it's like it, gravity it, yeah it's it's not attached it's like what luke says in the last jedi it doesn't belong to the jedi or the sith it's mm -hmm. just there yeah like chaos like in, yes in, yeah. the, in the witcher sorry yeah yeah uh so i hope they take you know learn from this and they have seem to have and they push into new directions that yeah have a bit of force stuff and let's do some jedi shows but don't be afraid to do a show about a rebellion yeah you know with no Jedi at all and no mention of the Force. We, we can do that. Like. It's true. And I, you know, like I said, I never thought that was possible. I thought the only way to do Star Wars is if you need to have a connection to the Jedi or the Sith. Without them, Star Wars for, becomes a science fiction film. You know, I, so I didn't think this could be pulled off. 
But the Mandalorian just took everything I said and put it down the shreds, in ground the shredder, because had none of that, there, like you said, it had the force. It was a strong thing, but it wasn't the story. No, it was, was very back. It was in the background. Thing, yeah. They didn't even have to show the force. Baby Yoda didn't even need to show his force ability. They could have just made him a baby that needed to be protected, and they would have still told the story. So I kind of love what they did with the Mandalorian. It's really, really good. Broke the internet, didn't it? It did. Baby Yoda. <laughs> oh, the Mandalorian, also known as the Baby Yoda show. Yes. <laughs> So uh, the second part, what you're talking about Star Wars, uh, primarily about The Mandalorian, is that, uh, yeah, we've got season two coming out in October, and then more coming from The Mandalorian thereafter, so probably more seasons. And he said, including the possibility of infusing it with more characters and the possibility of taking those characters in their own direction in terms of series. So it's basically what we've just been talking about, spinning off this show into new interesting directions. Yeah. And I'm I mean, loving it. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna, I would love a Cara Dune show. Yeah, she. There was a lot more to her we didn't get into, and you could tell she's. That. You know, she's got a long history with the, the Rebel Alliance and stuff. She sort of hints at what she was doing, so I want to see a lot more into that. And she has a lot to. I mean, she's. She's got yeah. badass, man. She's, she's badass, and she's her acting chops have really improved. This was the best I've seen Gina Carrara. She was amazing in this. Yeah, and the, the Mandalorian didn't just make her a passing character. They gave her a story. They gave her flesh. You could tell. She wasn't the main character, so they didn't go deep into her. But you could tell that, damn, there is so much. I don't know if they did that on purpose, but you could tell that there is a lot of story to tell with her. So if she gets one, that would be really cool. Imagine if she meets Ray. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, she, mm, she could. A bit, a bit of a time, she could. Ray's not born yet. No, Ray could Ray, be born. No, Ray's parents. She's yeah. possible, yeah. yeah. I don't Ray, think I don't think they'll go there though. They, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they'll touch that at all. They could. <laughs> they they might want to link it. Maybe. I don't personally I don't see it, but you never know. You never know. We shall see. We shall see. As we always say here. Okay, so we got one final news story and then we're gonna go into our main topic, which is the Oscar nominations. Uh, but before that, HBO Max is gearing up to launch later this year. Uh, obviously, HBO Max is a streaming service partnered with AT&T, Time Warner, Warner Brothers, etc. Uh, but this is really interesting. So they have uh, teamed up so with Warner Brothers and HBO Max to create a new division called Warner Max. Get it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, which is basically, it's a division primarily responsible for releasing original mid-budget movies to go directly to HBO Max. So basically, all those independent movies that people are complaining about, why are they not in cinemas? This is where they're going. And I've been saying this, you know I've been saying this forever. Mm -hmm. This is where those type of films are going. They're going straight to the streaming service. Nice. Amazon wanted to try something like this, but it didn't really work out. But no, bring it on. You know, all these things, I just wanted to be in the UK. Like it first has to come out. In, It'll in, take time. In yeah. In the US, then they have to fix all their bugs before they release it worldwide. So still a long way to go. It's still a long way to go. I mean, we've. I, I think we've had a pretty quick turnaround from Disney Plus. You know, we we were sort of thinking we got to wait five months, and now I'm a bit like, oh my god, it's next month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like that's true. It's next it, month. Next month it comes out in the UK. Huh. Do you see what I mean? It was sort of just passed like that. 
Um, so I'm hoping it's the same with HBO Max. That it will only take a couple of months for them to come over here. We're going to get Disney Plus next month. Next month, man. It just hit me now, man. That is, I can't wait. Watch all Star Wars movies in 4K. Everything. Everything. So yeah, HBO Max is upping the streaming wars by creating a new division. So, Andy, let's go into the main topic now, and that is the Oscar nominations of 2020. We are here. The Oscars are finally upon us. I'm looking forward to this year. I am as well. As we said before, it's going to be it's gonna be interesting, this one. Yeah, there will be a lot. There will be a lot of... Because this is an election year in the US. Donald Trump has just won a victory in his whole impeachment thing. And people are upset. There is, there's been natural disasters. There's global warming. There is no, none of the world's problem. There is now the virus. Oh yeah, the Chinese flu. Yeah, yeah. None of the, none of the world's problems have been solved. No, and we're going into the Oscars. So with after a, uh, a crazy year of controversy in Hollywood as well. Yes. So, dude, it's going to be one hell this of a is, night. This is going to be so interesting. <laughs> uh, I can't. I can't wait. Honestly, can't wait. I can't you know, wait. I'm actually Twitter. Then it's oh, going to be on fire. <laughs> I'm actually looking more for to those kind of stories than, than the, the actual, actual awards. awards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. So, um, so what we're going to do is that there's so many awards to go through. We obviously can't go through all of them. So we sort of looked at the the biggest ones, uh, and we're just going to go through them all, and we're going to predict basically what we would like to win. Mm -hmm. And also, who we actually think is going to win, because yes. there, there's, there's a, there are two very different things there. It could actually be both. You mm -hmm. don't know. It could be the same result. So let's kick off with best picture, Andy. We're going to start right at the top with the best picture of the year. So the nominations are Ford v Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Now, Indy, I'm going to let you start this one off. Right. Who do you think is going to win? And then who would you like to win? I think 1917 is going to win. But I'd like Joker to win. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I said it. Because, I mean, the Joker should win it. I should win it because it was just the best film. There were some great films, but... You know, normally in the in this category you have two main films than the others but so in this one i think it's between because they didn't nominate um was uh, the irishman so if the irishman was there i would have said the irishman would win yeah the irishman is nominated you didn't have it in the list yeah it's 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 there <laughs> do you know what i'm looking at the wrong <laughs> you're looking at the wrong notes i'm looking at the wrong <laughs> <notes>. <laughs> I do apologize to everyone listening. Right, so let me revise what I'm saying. I think the Irishman will win. So you think the Irishman? I will think win. the Irishman. But you will want win. Joker to win? But I want the Joker to win. The Irishman is just it's 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 a Scorsese film. What 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 more can you say? It it did its thing. It was out in the cinema, so there is no qualms with the yep. Academy. It 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 
pushed the boundaries of technology. It had the greatest and safest hands when it comes to awards on it. And they all performed. I mean, you would have to... What would you, I mean, any other year, Joker would have won it. But you, do you want to not give Scorsese an Oscar? Yeah, yeah. Do you, not, do you want to not do that? No, you can't. So. Well, it, it's interesting because um, I still haven't seen The Irishman yet. I know, I know. Shame <laughs> on me. Um, I've seen the majority of these films. Uh, Once Upon a Time, 1917, Marriage Story, Joker, Jojo Rabbit, uh, and Ford v. Ferrari. I've seen all those. I haven't seen Irishman or Little Women or Parasite yet. I think this is going to be a wild card. I think, I actually think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood might not be. What? Uh Really? Because Hollywood loves... Hollywood. film about Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? True. But honestly, I I think it's a, it's a, a wild card, that one. I, I genuinely think it might just nab it. If not that one, then 1917 as well. I think it's a very Oscar type of film yeah. to, to win. But like you, I want Joker to win. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> Joker ain't going to win. But. but you know the Once Upon a Time, because of the drug use, because of the, the way... Violence? And the violence. Not even the violence, because violence... The Oscars accept um, violence, but the drug use was something else. And you say that, but um, what about the Wolf of Wall Street? That was happening at, in the middle of the financial crisis, so it made sense. But this one, there is no call for a film about Rich to have that has Richard Branson. There, there was no need for this film, so. It's going to be very tough. I just don't see that happening. If 1917 was an American story, it would have won the Oscars. But it's a British story. You can't... I mean... Well, it's, yeah. it's funny because... Um, what was his name? Uh, Bong Joon-ho, <laughs> the Parasite director, when they asked him, uh, how do you feel about getting nominated for the Oscars? So, yeah, it's fine. It's like one of those little local awards. <laughs> it's just like... It's, yeah, it's a Hollywood award. <laughs> it is. It is. And um, as much as we love it, it's just gonna go that way, and yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just there's a thing. I just kind of think once in upon a time they they love this movie. So a lot of people in Hollywood, yeah, um, they do love a Hollywood movie, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they do. Right, so uh, we'll see. But we both we both want Joker to win. Yep, we, our desire is Joker, but we might. I just get I just don't think it will win. It, I would love it won't win. It won't win. Uh, I think it's good enough for me. I'm happy enough that it's got nominated because yeah. it deserves to be baby there. steps. Baby steps, yeah. Uh, so we're going to the next big one, uh, <laughs> a category that has caused a lot of controversy, <laughs> and that's Best Director. So we've got Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, Todd Phillips for The Joker, Sam Mendes for 1917, Tar- Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. Uh, the sort of the, the main controversy was that all men, and probably apart from Bong, Bong Joon-ho, all white men. Yep. Yeah. That's the. That's the. I mean, what what do you think about that? Let's talk about that for starters. You know, half of me wants to say yes, it's true. It's all white men. <laughs> and well, yeah, it is. You yeah, you I mean, can't you can't deny I mean, the facts. Yeah. Yeah. So half of me is like, yeah. Are you saying that that you there was no film that was not directed by in this? You know, when you are well, a lot of people were saying that Greta Gerwig for Little Women got snubbed. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah, but so that's a part of me saying this. But like we said, but it's not the Academy's fault. 
we've talked about this in the last in one of our previous episodes and we said people need to um get on get 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 with the program on how these awards these nominations take place it's not the academy's fault it's the way it happens this was the consensus but so half of me saying it is what it is but another half of me saying we need to do better so i, I actually don't know i don't know what to think it's a this. difficult one yeah I, I'm, I'm totally on board with you because yes i want to see uh, more diverse people getting nominated for best director women people of color all that jazz um but at the same at the same time i look at these lists of directors and i'm like yeah they kind of deserve to be there exactly I, I can't deny any of these directors that they don't deserve to be nominated yeah you know i would love it if you know there's an argument that could be made that they should because the best picture gets 10 nominations mm -hmm. that's they they should have 10 nominations for best director because it's only got five no we can't. No, nobody wants to be. I mean, I'm saying this as. It's a, almost like a hand me down, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. And I don't want that. I'm saying this as a black person. I don't want to feel I was given something because of, of your the color, color of my yeah. skin. Yeah. I want to. It has to be on merit. So I don't want them to whittle, whittle down anything. However, I mean, Truman was released this year. You know, if it was just about that, they could have put, put Truman in. But Truman was not as good as Joker. It, it just kind of wasn't like it, 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 it with all due respect it, it wasn't yeah it's not the thing is the way the voting works it's not the academy's fault per se mm -hmm. i think where the issue lies with the academy is that the total amount of academy members is predominantly white male right they've improved over the last couple of years by having more diverse people coming into the academy but the fact still remains is that the majority of the people in the academy are straight white males. So that need, that's where we need to. That's where the problem. Exactly, is. and and that is that is the problem. What, what what isn't the problem is that a man. So I'm speaking as a man that would naturally be drawn to male-led films. Yeah, that's that's sort of you know it makes sense to me. A woman would be more lean towards a woman-led film do you see where i'm sort of coming mm -hmm. from and it's not anything malice or on it's just conscious subconscious of us you mm -hmm. know as humans yeah. you know black panther i can really enjoy black panther i love black panther but you can appreciate that on a whole nother level i can't you know relate to yeah and that's fine that's it's just, just the way it, it, it's it, just the way it is yeah but because of that that's why we need more diverse people in the academy so then if it's 50-50, you have a 50-50 chance rather than 70-30. Mm -hmm. And what that now means is they need to, the rules for joining the academy needs to be revised yeah. because if they keep the same rules, they will always have, because the rules were drawn up in such a way that would benefit yeah. the white man. Yes, so they were in charge at the time. Because they were in charge. So now those rules need to be, and we're just talking out, we're just spitting out. This is our own This opinion. is just our opinion. We maybe don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> but maybe the rules need to be changed so that the academy can be more inclusive. And maybe that would, in turn, lead to more films being considered for a nomination. So, it, yeah. baby steps. Baby, baby steps. steps. So, Hopefully it'll get better. I'm, I'm hoping it. I'm hoping it will. I mean, the fact that it's being discussed and it's is good, it's a, good a thing. big yeah. issue. Yeah. That's how things change. Yeah. Okay, so so let's get on to our predictions then. Uh, so I'll start this one off. Who do I think's gonna win? Uh, you know what? I think, I think Bong Joon Ho is gonna win Best Director. I think, I think, he, I think he'll win it. 
this is the first time he, he, a foreign film has been nominated and you reckon they will still win it? No, so I don't think he'll win Best Picture because I think I think the way there's something about the Academy that I think that it's, it'll definitely win Best Foreign Picture. But yes, I think certainly. because they're like, well, okay, you'll win that, but you can't win Best Picture. Uh, but I don't know. I have a funny feeling that he might he might snap Best Director. Uh, but if not him, then Sam Mendes, 1917. I can see that. Um, uh, and, and who I would like to win is actually, yeah, Bong Joon-ho. I would, I would like to for him to win it. Well, Todd Phillips ain't going to win it. Well, okay. I think Todd Phillips is going to win it. You think he'll win it? I think oh, he'll win it. Because he did something nobody thought was possible. With a budget nobody thought was possible. He has broken records. He has just told the story in a way that nobody could tell it. And apart from Martin Scorsese. Apart maybe. from Martin Scorsese. <laughs> but if Martin Scorsese is already winning Best Picture... that's See, that's where a lot of people lie with this film. Is that a lot of people uh, are saying that it's all he did was copy Scorsese. Yeah, I can see that in a certain. And nothing. A, don't they say imitation is the best form, form of flattery? Of flattery? Yeah. yeah, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Do people think they watch original films when they watch it? Filmmakers know every filmmaker takes from other filmmakers. Yes, of course, we, it's uh, inevitable. It's, yeah. That's what you do. Even if you're not doing it on purpose, it's at the back of your brain somewhere that you've seen this somewhere. Exactly. And it's because we know Scorsese, that's why we could say, oh, he took this from Taxi Driver. Some of these people, they draw inspiration from some 1950s French director. You know, that's where they get their stuff from. It just so happens that he wanted to do it because he idolizes Scorsese. He just wanted to make a film like his idol. If I made a film, if I had all the budget, there are people my films would look like because I respect those your influences yeah exactly yeah. so i think um todd phillips is going to win it i don't think he'll win it and the reason i don't think he'll win it not out of quality mm -hmm. he he's been in the spotlight and he said some controversial things i think if he had kept his mouth shut about certain things and not rubbed people the wrong way he might have a chance but because of that and unfortunately i mean we know how this business works it is very political this business. I mean, it's called the Academy Awards, not the Third Reich. It's, it's no, I know. I, I'm, I'm with you. But I just think in the climate we live in now... Okay. No, that's just just my opinion. We shall see. We shall see. So, but, but, okay, who so do you think is going to win? I think Todd, Todd Phillips is going to win. And you want him And to. I want him to win. Okay. So I'm on point. I'm right. Same person in both categories. Cool. All right. Uh, well, this next one should be a fairly easy one, I think, Andy. Uh, best Actor. Now, I'm going, to I'm going to tell you the nominations. Antio Banderas for Pain and Glory. Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Adam Driver for Marriage Story. Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. And Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. Mm. I, I, Andy, I think we can both agree yeah. Yeah. that we want and think Joaquin Phoenix will win this. Yes, yeah, exactly. It's going to be Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, they, they, it is, yeah no yeah. other performance was that transformative. Yeah. I mean... Each in on another year, I haven't seen Pain and Glory, but in another year, each one of these nominees could have won. I have to give shout out to Leonardo DiCaprio mm. in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Now that you've seen it, yes. wouldn't you agree? Yes. He was yes. phenomenal in that. Yeah. Um, and Adam Driver in Marriage Story, he oh, he kills it. He, he, what a powerful performance from him. But Phoenix, but though. Phoenix, yeah. oh, it's just Phoenix. An, like he, you said, he, any other year. 
any of these guys would probably would could have won it. But this yeah. year, it's it's and, a landslide. For and him. It, I, even Jacqueline Phoenix can't even reproduce that performance. He can't. I mean, it's it's gone. It's once in a lifetime. Once, magic in a bottle, as yeah. I say. Okay, so we'll go on to best actress now. Uh, I feel a bit. Uh, Sad on myself that I haven't seen some of these films. I probably should have, but hey. Uh, best actress, so we got Cynthia Erivo for Harriet, Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story, Sarossi Ronan for Little Women, Charlize Theron for Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger as Judy. So, ND, I'll start this one off. I would, I think, Renee Zellweger is going to win it. Mm-hmm. For a performance as Judy. Okay. But I would actually like Charlize Theron to win it. Okay. In Bombshell. So I'm like you. I haven't seen any of these movies. So I don't know who's going to win it. But I would like... Um, it, I mean, this is a bit selfish of me. Because I haven't seen it. So we're just talking what we want. But I would have wanted um, Cynthia Erivo to win it. Yeah. Because of Harriet. That's just me, but I haven't seen any one of these movies, so I don't know who will possibly take it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I should be slapped on the wrist. I should have probably seen a couple, the, a couple more of these films. Uh, I think Renee Zellweger will win it just because everyone seems to be on board with her as best actress. But mm. I really, really love Charlene, Charlize Theron's performance as Megyn Kelly. Mm. Like, honestly, like I had to at times, I, getting pictures off of Megyn Kelly, I was like, man, yeah, yeah <laughs> she's like... Like, it really looks like her. Yeah, I told you when we saw the trailer that yeah. once I saw her, the first scene, I said, that's Megyn Kelly. Like, even before I knew the film was about her, I said it to you when we were reviewing that. That's just her. So, yeah, very certain. Not on uh, the scale of Joaquin Phoenix, but just the scale behind that it was a very transformative performance. And yeah, yeah I totally bought it. Yeah, I'm sure they we're nominated. We're not talking makeup uh, in this no, section. No, but, but I'm sure it was. Win, yeah, yeah, there, yeah. That'll probably win. Uh, so we got a Best Supporting Actor. So we've got Tom Hanks, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, playing Mr. Rogers, Anthony Hopkins in The Two Popes, Al Pacino in The Irishman, Joe Pesci in The Irishman, and Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Andy, I'm going to shoot this one over to you. What are your predictions? I mean, just before I say, I, isn't it funny that all these supporting actors are all Oscar... A-level, yeah. Quote, yeah. yeah lead actors. Lead yeah. actors, yeah. and it's just kind of it's it's a beautiful thing to see be, and i'm sure somebody will joke about it on the night it's a beautiful thing to see that those a-listers are sort of handing on the baton yeah it is and it's they're the passing of, of the torch yeah and they're sort of now supporting the they, next they generation are, you yeah. can almost say they're stepping slightly back yes and you know apart from although we do have some old timers in the best actor category but you do see these big boys are actually supporting so back to this. i mean joe pesci out of retirement for I, exactly this. so that's why i don't think so so that's why I don't think anybody else would win it besides him. Joe Pesci. Yeah, because they want to give him that last hurrah. So he will win it. He will, in my opinion, he will win it. Although I would have loved to see Tom Hanks for a beautiful day in the neighborhood. You would like him. To yeah, win it, I would yeah. like him to win it. But I think it's gonna go Joe Pesci. To Joe win. Pesci. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I. I haven't seen a lot, uh, most of these films actually. The only one I've only seen is uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, so that's going to be my pick, Brad Pitt. And you know what? I actually think he will win it. Brad I think, Pitt. Yeah. I think, I think he will win it. He won, he won the 
the Golden Globe. He won the the BAFTA for it. And you know, again, we talked about this, but what a I think he was actually the better performer in the film. Leo was great, but I actually loved Cliff uh, Cliff Booth's character more. And I thought Brad Pitt's performance really sold it. He like, was a dude, wasn't he? Yeah. He was the the dude you want to hang out with. Like, you just, when you hear you want to go to California under the sun, he's that guy he's that you, guy wanna you meet. want him to take around. Yeah, yeah you just want to hang out with him. The most, we all wish we had a friend like him. His life, he sees, he's, I mean, I don't know what he was smoking. <laughs> that, what about that trip scene that he did? <laughs> that was. <laughs> He was basically like, you remember Wolf of Wall Street when uh, Leonardo, he was yes. like, I'm going to do that elevated again. Watch yeah. this, Leo. <laughs> <laughs> but that little girl, too, was... The girl he, in, the, in the car that he was yeah, with. Yeah, it was really amazing as well. She was very... I mean, that, that it was really nice. And uh, Monova Brad Pitt was just... He's, he, was the, he was a dude in the film. And for a great actor like that, who's played so many different roles... roles yeah. To still be able to just offload all of that and still play that part of every man's dude. I mean, that was. So if he wins it, I would not no, be no ups, qualms, no yeah. qualms whatsoever. I just yeah. see it differently. I love Brad Pitt. Honestly, oh. he's he's one of my still one of my favorite actors. Yeah, me too. I don't think he ever does a bad performance. Really. He doesn't. I, he I brings mean, it every time. I could watch a film of for ninety minutes of Brad. Pip sitting down on a chair, saying nothing. Just speaking, yeah. No, saying oh, nothing. just looking at his beautiful face. Yeah, I just, <laughs> yeah. To me, I'll go. Yeah, that's how much I respect I have for the guy. Uh, so we'll go on to best supporting actress. So we've got Kathy Bates in Richard Jewell, Laura Dern in Marriage Story, Scarlett Johansson in Jojo Rabbit, Florence Pugh in Little Women, and Margot Robbie in Bombshell. So I think. I think the award will go to either Laura Dern in Marriage Story or Florence Pugh in Little Women. Mm. Uh, I, I love Florence Pugh. I think she's a phenomenal actress. I think she's a really rising up and coming star. However, I actually want Scar Jo to win it for mm. her performance in Jojo Rabbit. Uh, it moved me in ways I wasn't expecting. Wow. Like she, she really, one of, one of her best performances, I think, uh, and she's, you know, she's done some really she's good. She's done some, yeah. Uh, and this one, it just, it just got me. Do you know wow. what I mean? And it, she genuinely brought uh, some tears down in, in her performance. So I want ScarJo to win it, but I do think either Laura Dern or Florence Pugh might win it. What about you? Well, I'm gonna have to pass on this one because I haven't seen any you haven't of seen these. Any of them. That's fair enough. <laughs> That's fair enough. Uh, so we'll go on to oh, a couple of other big ones now. Screenplays. Mm. So we'll go on to adapted screenplay first. Mm. And we got some big ones here. The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, wow. The Two Popes. Wow, 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 wow. This is hard. Yeah. So this for anyone who maybe doesn't know, adapted means that it, uh, this material has previously come from something else, mm -hmm. whether it's a book, comic, film, whatever, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Andy, you, you start this one off. This <laughs> I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you go for this one. This <laughs> is hard because I've seen almost all of these. It's hard. I would say, I would, oh, I do not know. Honestly, I do not know who's gonna win this. So I can't tell you who's gonna win it. I don't even know who I want to win it. I, I don't know. I have a reason I want the Irishman to win it. 
there's the reason I want Jojo, then there's the Joker, my, you know, there's, there's the Joker. But The Two Popes, The Two Popes was a great film. Like, you've not seen it, have you? Have no, you? I still haven't seen it. It was a really good film. A really good film. It's not shot, it's shot very handheld, very run and gun type mm-hmm. of shooting, you know, but um, it was a, such a great film. So uh, I would like to see The Joker win it, but I don't know who's going to win it. You don't know. I don't know who's going to win it. I I think I'm going to echo you. I would love Joker to win it. I don't think it will win it. I do think. Oh, it is hard, isn't it? It is. It is. I don't. I don't don't think Joker will win it. Mm. I I really don't think Joker will win it. Mm, I'm gonna go either with the Irishman or Little Women. Right. Yeah. The Irishman, obviously, is the, the only problem with the Irishman is because. It's three hours. Yeah, it's long. It's oh. three hours, so there is, even though it's adapted, there was so much of it was made up. So was it really adapted? Mm. Not really. It was just based on one guy. Well, you could say that about Joker. Yeah, but it's j- based on the comic book character, but they did something completely but different. The thing is, the Joker, everything is based on nothing is based on reality. So we can forgive them for everything. Mm. But a three-hour film. I suppose, based on someone who's who lived, yeah. Yeah, it's sort of, you get the best of both worlds. You get the bit, and I'm not saying it was easy to do. You get, like, the baseline, but you can then add layers of whatever you want to add to it. And nobody will qualm you for that. So, uh, I don't know, man. So, we want Joker, but we do Are you saying we both don't know yeah, who's going to win it? I'm yeah. not sure, yeah. I'm not, I, I think Irishman or Little Women, but I honestly couldn't call it. Yeah, honestly couldn't call it. All right. Uh, so we're going to original screenplay. So we've got uh, Knives Out, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. This is, an, <laughs> and I think this is another hard one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so who do I think's going to win? I, th- I th- Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. I think, I think, and I, who I want, I want Knives Out to win. Right. Okay. I want, I think Parasite is going to win it. Yeah, I was thinking, I was thinking that as yeah. well, between that or Yeah, Hollywood. because it cuts across, you know, it cuts across. Mm-hmm. So that's a big deal. And, and I want Parasite to win it. I want them to win it and I think they'll win it. So yeah, that's. I like, look, if it wins it. No qualms here from me at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. I just love Knives Out so much. Yeah. And I thought it was so cleverly written that, yeah, I, th- I think it deserves it, but definitely deserves the nomination. Uh, so we're going to be wrapping things up here. We're going to be going to the technical awards now. Well, apart from that, we got Best Animated Film. Now, Andy, you actually haven't seen any of these, have you? I haven't. You? Just a, I can't believe it. Yeah. Uh, we got How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, I Lost My Body, Klaus, Missing Link, and Toy Story 4. Now, I've actually only seen two of these as well. I've only seen How to Train Your Dragon and Toy Story 4. Uh, out of those, I preferred Toy Story 4, even though How to Train Dragon was <laughs> really good as well. That was your best film of last year, wasn't it? Which Toy, Toy Story, Story 4? Yeah. No, it's in top three or top four, something like that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was in there. It was in there. It, yeah. was there, it wasn't yeah. my favorite, but yeah, it was. It was there. Joker was my favorite. Um, so I, I want Toy Story 4 to win it, but you know what? Judging from how the award seasons are going at the minute. I think Missing Leak will win it. Okay. Missing? Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's about, when I saw the trailer, I was like, I don't know about this. Um, but apparently it's really good. 
<laughs> so I think Toy Story. I've, I haven't seen any, but I, based on what you've told me about Toy Story Four, I think it will win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah, it definitely has a big chance. Pixar normally takes the crown, but uh, we're getting so many animated films now these days that giving Pixar a run for their money. Uh, so we're going to go into uh, one of our favorite awards, Best Cinematography. Uh, this is another difficult one, I think. Yeah. Uh, so we got The Irishman, Joker, The Lighthouse, 1917, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think, I think, I think we can both agree who will win it. No, we can't. No, <laughs> I don't. Know. I mean, I think 1917 is a winner. Well, is it because of the one shot they already did that with Birdman? Yeah, it was that. It, this is a whole other thing, though. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, I'm it's, sure it would be better. Yeah, it's better. It's on a much bigger, grander scale. Technical. It's yeah. Um. Yes, I. I don't know. I mean, I. I think 1917 will win it. I. I you know. I. I kind of. I. Okay. Who do you want to win it? Let's do that. The lighthouse. The lighthouse. Okay. It's. Have you seen it yet? No, I haven't. I saw it at the watershed. Man, yeah, you, I mean, you, you you go see this movie. It's beautifully shot. Okay, I see. Beautifully, it. I have two, one, two, three films. I'm already going to see this week. Wow, okay. you're fully booked this week. Yes, movie. <laughs> that's what you get when you don't watch films for three weeks. Right. But yes, yeah, so I think 1917 will win it. Uh, but I would love the Lighthouse to win it. I actually think the Irishman is going to win it, and I think, but I would have loved to see the Joker win it. I just it's good cinematography. Yeah, it was, and it was just that cinematography. It was across genre. The cinematography, the style used for the Joker, is re- usually reserved for dramas, and it's u- it's it's used reserved for s- other things besides superhero films. Mm-hmm. So he, the fact that he was able to do that to a superhero movie, apart from seeing it in Netflix, I didn't think that could have been done in a film. You know, with the whole, I saw it in like the Netflix Super Daredevils and on Luke Cage and all of that. But I like what he did it, what, how he did it in the cinema. So I think he deserves it. Yeah, I we mean, I, I, I'd like it'd be nice if, if he won it. Uh, but the lighthouse was just something else for me. <laughs> oh, it's okay. We'll move on to film editing. Film editing very important. It's arguably, I think. As important as cinematography, I sort of think they yep. go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So for uh, Ford v Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, and Parasite. Um, what about you? What are your thoughts, Cindy? I think I'm going to go... Both of them are going to be the same film for me. And I'm going with The Irishman. I think he's, she's going to win. And I think uh, she's, she's the one I want to win. Yeah, the Irishman. The editing was like, obviously, editing is one of those things where you aren't supposed to notice it. Mm-hmm. But as a filmmaker, the editing in Irishman was so good that I was like, wow, this is good. But you, you, to, you consider the Irishman, you haven't seen it. It's not just one story. It's multiple it's, stories. Yeah, it's yeah. a story within a story within a story. And those three layers of storytelling somehow just worked. You, you, you know, you could... You didn't notice it. It just worked. And that's down to the editing. She did an amazing job on mm-hmm. that film. So, yeah, I think she's going to win it. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine three and a half hours as well. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, you know, that's yeah. a big job of editing. Exactly. And yeah. you've got to keep the audience engaged all this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a difficult job. So I haven't seen it. I can't comment on that. 
Uh, but judging from the films I have seen, Ford v. Ferrari, Jojo Rabbit, and Joker, uh, I would probably want Ford v. Ferrari. I mean, the editing in that was so good. Mm. Like, it was just, like, it, like, the editing really made you feel at times you were on the racetrack. Okay. Like, it was good. Like, it, it, like all I needed was a seat that, <laughs> like, did that, and I, it felt like I was on the racetrack at times. I mean, I'd love Joker to win it. Yeah. It's again. I'd love to to win a lot good, of these awards. Yeah, it's good, but the Irishman do. Yeah, it's I need. To see I, it. I need to see that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so we'll go into uh, one of my favorite awards, and that is best original score or the music, as we also know as uh, Hilda Gutier for Joker, Alexandra Desplat for Little Women, Randy Newman for Marriage Story, Thomas Newman for 1917, and John Williams for Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, for me, I think Hilda Gautier will win it, and I and I want her to win it as well. Hmm. The score of Joker is incredible. I love it. I was listening to it the other day, and I had to turn it off because I was getting angry. <laughs> I genuinely like it. That's how much of an emotional impact that it gets under your skin, and wow. it's haunting and stuff. I genuinely, I, I was I was getting agitated and angry. I was like, I can't listen to this anymore. That cello. That scene where Joker, after shooting the yes in the bathroom, in the bathroom, and he's dancing to the cello. That's grip. It's it's uncomfortable, but at the same time, it's beautiful. But at the same time, it's under your skin. It, it's a lot of things, and it's down to that music and the performance, of course. It's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, I, I thought she did a fantastic job. So for me, I think she will win it, and I want her to win it as well. I think I think John Williams is going to win it. John Williams on The Rise of Skywalker, the Star Wars film. It's a good score. It's a very good score. I think it's a safe option. I think he's going to win it, but I'm like you. I want um, Hilda to win it. I think, I think, because John's, he's had so many nominations. He's won plenty of Oscars. He doesn't need this one. Let's give it, let's give it to Hilda. I doubt they would want to do that, though. I doubt those well, in the it's academy. the last Star Wars movie. Yeah, and you know, this is this. You have to remember, Joker was a controversial film. Yes, so yes. he can't win everything. Mm. So that's it. I hope. I hope so. We hope so. Uh, last couple of awards here. So we got sound editing. This is more my field. Uh, Ford v Ferrari, Joker, nineteen seventeen, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and The Rise of Skywalker. Me as a sound editor and a guy who knows all about the sound and appreciates the sound i would joker can go away i didn't i don't i don't me personally i don't think it did anything particularly new with sound uh but ford v for all the other nominations fantastic uses of sound uh 1917 in particular was so good like the use of quiet and then you know and sound explosions and you know all, the way it's oh it's, it's good it's good it was a sound designer's dream to work in that film same as ford v ferrari the Rise of Skywalker, what else can we say? We know the impact sound design had on that. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was also very good. Um, but I think I think the award will go to 1917. Okay. Who do you want it to go to? Mm -hmm. I'll give it to 1917, yeah. I thought I thought they did the best job. Hmm. I thought I thought the use of sound design in that film was and, and editing was the best job, yeah. Right, okay. I mean I'm gonna pass on this one as well because I'm not, I don't know how to, it's one of those things where you shouldn't notice it. I don't know how to appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. You know, so I'll, I'll pass I it. I just throw that in there for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're going to the last one, guys, and this is visual effects. This is another big award in the 
the Hollywood we live in these days, and the nominations are Avengers Endgame, The Irishman, The Lion King, 1917, and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Again, all of them... <laughs> Really good. Really, really good in their own way, pushing technology to a whole new limit. Uh, so, who do I think is going to win? I'm going to go with the Irishman. Okay. I think the Irishman will win it. Right, okay. I think the Irishman will win it. Um, who would I like to win it? I'd love Endgame to win it. <laughs> okay. Well, so I'm like you. I think the Irishman will win it. Um, and I want the Irishman to win it. The others were, like we said, were all good, but none of them did anything kind of didn't new. push the didn't push the boundaries yeah. of the tech. But I think the Irishman did it with their de aging. It wasn't just we've seen de aging before, but it was done differently in this film, and it was done confidently in this film. They were so confident of how good it would be that they made some decisions. I think when I was watching it, I told you that they are making some bold decisions. Cause, but um, normally when that those things are applied, they try not to shoot them straight up so that it doesn't take the audience away from the story. But in this film, they were so confident that they were so many close-ups right in your face and all that. And truly, of course, you'll notice it for the first one or two minutes. But after that, you don't notice it in the film. And you do not even, not just when they made them look young, but also when they made them look older. You really can't tell, you can't tell which one is makeup, which one is CGI, which one is just them playing their age. You really can't tell after the first couple of minutes. And when you push technology that far, you know, I think you deserve the Oscar for the visual effects. That's what I think. So that's why I say those two should be, they, they, they will win. It will win. And it's what I want to see win. Mm -hmm. yeah fair enough so that's it Andy yep. we've reached our predictions uh, the Oscars are at our doorstep things are going to get crazy yep <laughs> I will, will be watching it live hopefully be tweeting out and when what we'll do next week is I will do a scoreboard of how many we got right and how yeah. many we got listen, wrong listen yeah. back to this episode see which ones we, so got, we right got right which ones we got wrong I think we got most of them I, I, th think. I, think, I think we're pretty confident we'll get yeah. most of them right um I would love all the ones I would want to win, to <laughs> win, but hey, that's that's not a perfect world. But we'll probably do a Oscar results yes. show next week as well. Yeah, there, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be interesting. Like we said, there is a lot of opportunity for a lot of stories to come out of this night's show. So it's gonna be interesting. Can't wait for it. Yeah, I can't wait either. Uh, and you can follow us and the Oscars at Film Seven Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, where. Are you going to be doing some live tweets for the yep. people, Andy? We shall be tweeting it live. Excellent. Can't wait for that. Uh, but So that's where you can find us. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, all other streaming services where you can find podcasts. Give us a play. Give us a share. Tell your friends about us. Tell your mother. <laughs> tell your brother. Tell your sister. And tell, tell auntie. everyone. <laughs> tell us. Film 7 Podcast is coming for you. But yes, we appreciate all the support we've been getting lately. Uh, and Andy, before we head off, where can the lovely people find you? Yep, you can find me at Twitter at Unduaj, that's N at N-D-U-A-J. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, at SweatyJake. Uh, but until next week, guys, we shall be seeing you and enjoy some great films out there. See you later. <laughs>